If you think that my therapist is learning about baseball this week, you are absolutely right. That game, without a doubt, put years, took years, off my life. Let's talk about the Tigers' first one of the season, baby. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off of your first purchase, last-minute deals, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, wow. We're going to do some breathing exercises. That's going to be uh, that's gonna be this show. I am feeling a little under the weather, by the way, just so we get that out of the way early. But uh, that game uh, may be the reason. That was so unbelievably stressful. I-, I don't know why I am the way I am, but I – like. Why am I so invested? Why am I, why is my heart racing? Why am I getting anxious about a game on April 3rd for a team that's going to not go 500, 100? Like why, why am I the way that I am? But I'll tell you what, I love winning and I love beating the Houston Astros and I love beating good baseball teams and they almost didn't a couple of times over. Actually, they almost didn't. But almost doesn't get you anywhere, does it? They did. And that's all that matters, baby. Golly. Okay, that was a really eventful game. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. I don't even know where to start. Honestly, I don't. I guess, I mean, if we go chronologically, I guess we can start with Matt Manning. Matt Manning. Matt Boyd, rather. Four and a Third, two earned runs, three walks, three Ks. Uh, the walks long-term, I'm not really worried about because he doesn't have very high walk numbers historically. Um, but very, I mean, a lot to take out of that, uh, out of this outing, I, I think. You know, early on, he was touching 95. Since when? What? He still averaged 92 in the outing, like by the end of it. But, well, I 95. Happy 2023 to you too, Matthew. 95, hey, eh? It's like that. It's like that. Okay, Maddie. Okay. Um, I mean, I love it. I, the, the thing with him, he was just not efficient in this game at all. The stuff is still the stuff, man. And it's never been the problem with Mad Boy. Like the slider is, is still the slider. This is great analysis. The stuff is the stuff and the slider is the slider. It had great movement. The fastball was was lively, as I pointed out. The changeup was really effective when it was located well. Um, the changeup is the pitch I want to hone in on the most here because it wasn't located well very much. There's a lot of really, really intriguing numbers to go along with this. So he threw this changeup 15 times, okay? 15 times, all right? It was put in play zero times. It was fouled off zero times. So a bat did not touch a changeup in the 15 times he threw it, which on, you know, 
surface value is solid. The thing is, it was only in the strike zone twice, okay? Now, that's fine. It's more of a chase pitch. Okay, we can kind of live with that. And it had two called strikes, which means that the only two times it was in the strike zone, it was a called strike. We'll take it 100%, you know, percentage on that. That's great. Zero foul balls, like I said. So that's 13 times he threw this pitch and it wasn't in the strike zone. Okay, 13 of 15 were not in the zone. Only twice was it swung at in the entire outing. Okay, now both of those were swinging strikes. Those were both whiffs, which is also good that every single time it was swung at, it was swung on and missed. But that's 11 of 15 that were just spit on and and they were not strikes. So good pitch. It looked good. The movement was good. It was just far too many of them were completely non-competitive pitches. Does that make sense? Okay. Get the change up a little bit more toward the strikes on. I think we're talking, but it was also not just the change up. This was really the entire outing. Um, he was, it was again, like I said earlier, just not very efficient. Uh, needs to miss closer to the zone, I, I guess is the way to put it. And he was trying to nibble a ton, man. Just uh, the, the entire outing, really. A lot of close misses, admittedly, as well. But just was was really trying to be, I don't even know, was trying to be Greg Maddox out there. And he has good enough stuff where he doesn't necessarily need to be. So, need more efficiency. I mean, he had like, what was it, almost 50 pitches? He had 40-something pitches through two innings. Only went four and a third, obviously, and got touched up in the fifth there before getting pulled. Little, little, I don't know if frustrating is the right word, but roller coaster. You saw the glimpses, you saw the flashes, you, you, you saw a, a velo spike early on, you saw the stuff was good, and, and he was in control, I would say. It was just not a very efficient control. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's do the rest of the pitching, I guess. We'll just kind of break it up into that way. All right. Jose Cisnero. Now, where do I want to start with this? Let's start with the decision to bring him in the game. I don't disagree with it. I'll be completely honest with you. And like, I'm, I, I'll i admit that. I, I did not disagree with it live. Um, and in hindsight, I, I still... I'm not going to pretend like I like I did, even despite the fact that he gave up a three-run homer and tied the game. Um, Jordan is unbelievable. That is perhaps the best pure hitter breathing oxygen at the moment. Um, he's insane, and that was not a very good pitch. So that was like going to happen. Uh, and I don't disagree with the decision to bring in Cisnero because. This bullpen is not figured out. This is going to be, we've said it a lot, a revolving door. And there's going to be a, a lot. Of, and revolving door, I don't just mean, oh, if you struggle, they got dudes in AAA, they're going to come up. That is true. But I also mean that it's a revolving door in roles. We don't have any roles ironed out. Lang is the presumed closer, the presumed highest leverage guy. But it's far from, like, a lock. We'll talk about him later. And I don't think anyone else's role is solidified. 
and like a few bad outings in a row, your role is going to change. No one is cemented. So like you kind of are just going off of like veteran status a little bit and you're trying to piece together like, okay, who's my high leverage reliever? Because at this moment you have two on and you have a three run lead and you have, again, maybe the best hitter alive right now at the plate. You want to save Lang because it's still a three run ball game and you want to use him in the ninth. So who are you? And you've already used Foley twice. If you, if you really like Jason Foley, like I do in the, in already in the season in the first, this is the fourth game of the year. We've already used Foley twice. You kind of had to go to Lang or to Cisnero rather because once upon a time, he was the best reliever in your bullpen. It sensed the injury that has just not been the case. And he came out and immediately plunked. I think it was Bregman. Uh, and then the home run happened. And then, like, it, I mean, it wasn't good. It was not a good outing. Hit by pitch, walked batter. Like, it, it, was, it was not great. But I, 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 for this outing, this game in particular... I understand going to him. It's just that now we've been, we, we've been talking about this on this show for a while. That ever since the injury, the command is just not there. He has been a different pitcher and unfortunately not in a good way. So if he struggles early on, he's not going to be a high leverage dude very much longer. That's like the one thing. I don't even know if it's a positive necessarily because you'd just rather be a good team and have a high leverage reliever on your team that you could trust which we don't have, I don't think at the moment, except maybe Lang, but he blew his chance tonight too. We'll talk about that um, in segment two. But like that's the one thing that you can at least somewhat appreciate is like, yes, the bullpen looks shaky, but at least we don't have to have like the old school, like love Ron Garden hired to death, great human being, and was given one of the worst rosters I've ever seen, but like was just stuck in his ways of like you know sixth seventh eighth ninth inning guy like Leland was even the same way Java Chamberlain's my eighth inning guy we all remember that right Osmus had some of it too a little bit so like I can at least appreciate like hey couple bad outings you're not going to be in this position maybe in a week all right okay probably spend way too much time talking about that let's talk about the best bullpen uh, or relief outing of this game right after I tell y'all about our friends over at game time game time is the best they are clutch that is the way to, to are their Matt Veerling levels of clutch some would say uh, if you want tickets to any event at the last minute you're a spontaneous person this is the app for you because a lot of other sites that sell tickets they only use like one source or two sources to give you your tickets or to obtain their tickets to then sell to you. Game time uses as many options as available, which means that they're always available, even the day of the event that you want to go to. It's again, clutch is the word I would use to describe the game time app. You can forget planning months in advance. They have deals right up to game time. Thus the name. If, you know, you catch my drift there, uh, you can get images of your seat before you purchase them. So you know exactly where you're going to sit. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're set. You have tickets to tonight's Tigers game. 
They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email or your wallet ever again. So download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. I appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, let's talk about Mason Engler. If it wasn't for Matt Veerling, this is the story of the game. Like, not even close. Unfortunately, Matt Veerling just had to be, like, him. And so, Mason Engler, I don't want this performance to get lost or or to get forgotten or just like pushed by the wayside this was an incredible performance he comes out of the pen and goes three innings two hits no runs no walks no strikeouts he was phenomenal and that's that's three innings that's the the you faced everybody in maybe the best offense in baseball if not the best one of the three to four best offenses in baseball and when you're talking about the heart of the order I don't think there's anyone better And he faced everyone, top to bottom, one through nine, went through that entire lineup and did not give up a single run. Just unbelievable performance. An I'm here type of performance. And I'm not trying to, to, like, rule five pick, one game, let's, let's see. Gave up a home run opening day. Let's see where it takes us. But I loved everything I saw from him in this game. Not even on the mound, okay? Two things I love that weren't even related to pitching. One, how fired up he got after he got the final out in his third inning of work. Electric factory. I love when relief, well, any pitcher gets fired up like that on the mound and gets pumped to, to win ball games. Lord knows we need some of that in this clubhouse. Get fired up. But my favorite thing I saw was, and, and there's been some articles written about it by some of our fantastic beat writers here. In between innings, they put the camera on him, and he is meditating in the dugout. Like, he's he's pitched two innings of scoreless ball, which means Hinch definitely said, you're going out there for three. And he sat on the bench by himself, closed his eyes, put his pulled his brim down, and did, like, like breathing exercises and, and, and was literally meditating in the dugout. I love it. I love it. And then he got right up, started doing stretches. Uh, he might have the dog in him. That's all I'm going to say. He might have the dog in him. But uh, prof- professional performance, like a, an incredible outing, obviously. Three shutout innings. Um, the stuff looks really good. He threw 17 sliders on 19 total pitches. The slider had a 47% CSW percentage. Called strikes plus whiffs percentage. One of our favorite stats here on the show, if you listened last year, I oh, I'm so glad baseball's back and we're winning and it's like happy and the sun is shining, even though I'm recording this at like 1230 at night. Um, 47% CSW percentage on the pitch he threw the most. That's vital. It was a darn good pitch too. Uh, the velocity was really good. J- just throughout the entire outing, I, I was pretty pleased with where he sat. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that slider topping out at almost 88 but was consistently around 86 and then paired with the four seam fastball that topped out at 93 and was about 92 93 most of the outing um he was great 
he was so great. A lot of a uh, lot, lot of routine balls like ground balls, um, some hard hit balls for sure, but kept everything in the yard, kept everybody off to the base pass, didn't walk uh, anyone, just filled the strike zone. The definition of dominating the strike zone with good stuff. Okay, beautiful performance, Mason Englert, co-player of the game. Right, like you can't can't not be Matt Veerling, but like, shout out Mason Engler, man, what a dog. Alex Lang, uh, he he had him one inning pitch, two hits, one earned run, one walk, no K's. He had him, he had him. Uh, he was asked to face the the heart of again, prop maybe the best lineup in baseball, and he was a, a pitch away from succeeding. Um, I didn't mind anything with the outing until the last pitch to Abreu. First off, it's an insane piece of hitting. That's like the Crawford boxes are ridiculous. And like people complain about Fenway. Watch some Astros games. The Crawford box, you're talking about like 90 X expected batting average balls and like 110 expected batting average balls that are home runs over there. Okay. And it's not as like yelled at or, or complained about as like Fenway and Yankee Stadium. And it deserves to be. Okay. So we'll start with that. Um, and I know, like, uh, we have Comerica. It's the opposite thing here. That's fine. Uh, I love baseball, but, like, that's 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 a flyout most places. That Jose Abreu, that had a 140 expected batting average. Okay, but at the end of the day, it was a double off the wall, I think. The first angle, when it happened live, I thought it was in and out of, of Meadows' glove, but then they showed an angle of the side, and it kind of looked like it hit the wall there, or maybe that was the glove. I don't really know what happened. There are probably some outfielders that make that grab, but that that's still difficult. It, it's a weird outfield all around, nonetheless, to left with those boxes there. Um, like I, Again, like, yes, you know, there are certainly some better defenders in the world than Austin Meadows, and, and that's not a secret, but um, – the pitch, the, regardless, uh, that was an ADHD moment. I'm sorry. The, the, the pitch is is the problem here. Um, I, I want it further out of the zone there. And I don't know who called it. I, I don't know if that's a Haas thing, if that was a Hinch thing. Um, I, I don't think it was a Lang thing. It didn't look like he was calling his own stuff. I don't think he shook off there. I don't, I don't recall him shaking off there. But, like, you have to go further out of the zone there. It's an 0-2 count. You have the best curveball in the sport. And he's already chased twice. You cannot throw that pitch that close to the strike zone. And again, it was a ridiculous piece of hitting. It was a curveball. It was a ball low and away that he just like flicked the wrist at and somehow pulled to left field for like 270 feet or whatever. Like it it, it was ridiculous. I, I agree. But like <laughs> you you can't. You got to go. I want to go way further out of the zone. You, I want to go way further out of the zone there. That was the only frustrating thing to me, really. Uh, Wigginter, nice inning. No base runners. Didn't even allow the Manfred runner. Um, the big thing with him is command. His stuff will play. That slider is good. I liked him a lot in the spring. We talked about him a lot. He didn't have a very good first outing of the season. This one was way better. Uh, on a night-to-night basis, it's going to come down to command with him. And and we'll see wh- where it takes him this season. Uh, Garrett Hill, bold to put Garrett Hill out on the bump there, uh, but he got the job done. Uh, I, you know, I think he was trying to probably go for somebody that if his stuff is on, is going to keep the ball on the ground, right? Garrett Hill with that sinker, that kind of over the top can get up to 97 mile an hour sinker. Um, command is a big thing with Garrett Hill at the moment too, but 
Uh, and then, you know, also the possibility of if this dude blows it, can he go past this inning maybe? And Garrett Hill can give you a couple of innings if you really need it. So thankfully it didn't. Thankfully it didn't. The Tigers were victorious. The really just wrap up on the bullpen and then segment three, we'll get to the offense here. This bullpen is going to be worse than last year. We've already talked about that yesterday. Um, there's a lot of storylines to watch. I don't think anyone has cemented any sort of role for themselves, like I said earlier. And we're probably going to see a lot of different pitchers in a lot of different roles, especially these first two months of the season. So keep an eye on how certain pitchers do in high leverage situations and remember it for yourself. Be like, okay, well, Trey Wingenter did really well in high leverage there. Garrett Hill got out of a jam. Uh, Jose Cisnero did not. like that. These are going to be ever-moving, very, very fluid situation back there. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Not a game to watch when you're sick. Let me tell you, I am exhausted. I'm so out of breath. If I'm breathing heavy, it's because I don't feel well and I'm stressed because that took years off my life. Okay. Let's talk uh, about the offense and some of the defense. Honestly, let's talk position players. Okay. But first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at pro baseball GM best game out there right now. I am absolutely hooked. It is awesome. You turn you turn into a GM. You take over a team. It's an app on your phone. Uh, you can play wherever, whenever. You don't need Wi-Fi to play once it's downloaded. Best. Like the best game out there right now. You're in control of everything. Hiring scouts, hiring coaches, managing team finances, uh, navigating your franchise through free agency. All the ups and downs of the season. It, it is truly one of the most fun games out there right now. I am absolutely hooked big time. Also, Locked On Tigers listeners are getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment here of Locked On Tigers. Oh, man, offense. It's nice to score runs, ain't it? Ain't that fun? Tigers score seven in this one. Did I even say the score? I'm so sorry. Seven to six victory for your Detroit Tigers. Oh, man. Um, Tigers score seven in this one. Up to this game, had only scored three on the entire season. So that was good to see. And also, this is against a very good pitcher. Like, that that should not be lost on anyone either. Uh, this is a, a, a very good – Brown is a – from the area, right, from the Detroit area, very good young up-and-coming pitcher in this game. And a lot, is a lot of people's picks to kind of be a breakout star this year. This is also an elite bullpen. Like, again, arguably one of the best bullpens in baseball. And the Tigers had nine hits, four walks. That's 13 base runners, seven runs. Good clutch hitting all around, beautiful performance. Much better approach than anything we saw in the first three days. Uh, they were taking a lot more pitches. Again, four walks. I absolutely love four walks from four different hitters. Beauty. That's almost half the lineup drawing a walk there. Um, great. Absolutely great. Some of the individual performances, Riley Green, light tower power, baby. Um, you know how crazy it is to be, what is he, like 22 years old? You know how crazy it is to go opposite field 
414 feet to like the train tracks as as a lefty 414 to the train tracks he's insane he's unreal his swing uh, plus his approach also really allows him to drive the ball the other way with ease which i absolutely love we've been spoiled with that with miguel cabrera forever i think a lot of people on draft night were kind of nervous that because Green had kind of that loopy swing that he was going to be more of a pull hitter, but he is not afraid to spray it all over the field, which is very, very nice to see. Uh, Torque in this game, bases loaded walk. We'll take that. And a hard hit single to the opposite field. Uh, defensively, the scoop in extras. A lot of people complain about. I, I think Jordan was safe anyway, so I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. But the double play. Look, man, it's really easy for me from my couch to be like, hey, man, take a step in and then make that throw on the ball where he hit Alex Bregman right in the back on the on the double play that would have ended the ball game. But, like, this is just part of development. This is really just part of development with him. That's one step in, one step out. Just don't be directly in the baseline when you turn to second base and make that throw and yell tag at the top of your lungs. Like that's, that's just in that situation. It was so frustrating and they won. So it's okay. I mean, like, you know, don't do it ever again, but like we won. So it's, it's a lot less difficult of a conversation, but very, very frustrated in that moment. Just, just part of development, part of development. Okay, part of development. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again to cope with myself. Nick Maton, pretty rough throw on a double play turn as well. The Tigers botched two double plays in this game that they shouldn't have. Uh, and on the replay, it should have got zero outs on that, by the way. I'm pretty sure his foot was not on the bag. Uh, but we take those. We take those. Um, third base is going to be a revolving door. And I didn't think Maton was like horrible defensively or anything. I thought he was actually pretty solid. Made a couple of nice plays. Uh, but... That throw was was rough. Pulled the second baseman off the bag. Pulled McKinstry off the bag. Um, really, really key outs there, especially for Matt Boyd, who was still in the game. A lot of defensive stuff early on for this team. The Ray series, we saw the fly ball that fell in between everybody. Now we have a bunch of botched double plays in this one. And the Austin Meadows thing, if you want to throw that in there. Need to tighten it up defensively. Need to tighten it up defensively. Okay. But I can just trump all of it with like a win's a win, right? This isn't a loss. I don't have to be like so hard and be like, oh, this is awful and I'm grumpy. Like, oh, we won. So it's okay. He also was at the plate. He doesn't have his first hit yet, Nick Maton, but working counts already has a couple of walks on the year. I really appreciate that. Um, it does He doesn't look like lost at the plate. It doesn't look horrible just because he doesn't have a hit yet. He is working a lot of counts and I think is, uh, is looking pretty solid at the plate there. Javi, he giveth and he taketh away. I uh, swung at a million sliders low and away, but somehow flicked his wrist onto one and got an RBI. Well, single, he ended up on second base um, and had two of the most impressive defensive plays of the game. Maybe the two most impressive defensive plays of the game that, that I'm not sure either are made by anyone else on this team. Maybe even organization, especially the one running in phenomenal, phenomenal. Like he, <laughs> But then, like you have, he swung at 80 million sliders low and away. And in the 10th, oh, man, the 10th. That, that, let's just go to that as a whole. That was one of the worst 
extra innings team performances I've ever seen at the plate, like half inning offensively. That was awful. Javi with the pop-up on a ball that almost hit him. And then Kerry Carpenter, completely uncompetitive. Spencer Torkelson, completely uncompetitive. Like, you you kept a game tied. Winginter went out there and, and didn't allow a Manfred runner to score against the Houston Astros. And you just completely have three of the most uncompetitive at-bats of the entire game. And I thought we were going to lose like 80 times. And that was certainly one of them. So you got to be better. For, you got to be better. Let's get to the main event of the evening. You got to, in showbiz, you got to save the best for last. Keep people hooked. Matt Veerling. This is probably, is this the Matt Veerling game? Is that what we're calling it? I'm down. I'm down. It'll be three years from now. I'll, I'll say, hey, remember the Matt Veerling game on April 3rd, 2023? That was cool, wasn't it? incredible diving catch to save anywhere from one to three runs and keep the game tied. And on top of that goes four for five at the plate, three singles. And of course, none bigger than the fourth hit, which was a 426 foot bomb to dead center to give the Tigers the lead in the 11th, which they would then finally hold on to. Awesome. The best part about it for me uh, was the adjustment that was clearly made for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a scouting report thing or what, but he has faced a lot of low fastballs so far this season. He's did a lot against Tampa, and in this game early on, did again as well. And that pitch that he, I mean, he, he went four for five, right? Like he was seeing the ball well, but the other three were singles and like, Hard hit, but they were like ground balls. Well, one, two of them were hard hit. One of them was not. So, like, he's faced a lot of low heat in this game and, and was, again, hitting it hard, hitting them where they ain't. You know, he's a speed demon. Beat one out for an infield single. Like, was utilizing his athleticism well and, and, and getting on base still. But the adjustment that was made there in his final at-bat to be like, I have faced – low heat all season and then gets a sinker that's 92 93 94 miles an hour at the knees and to make that adjustment of not hitting that one into the dirt and taking it 426 feet to dead center beautiful chef's kiss those are adjustments those are in-game adjustments that everybody should should appreciate and notice and bad teams don't do and i'm not saying that this team's good but I, I just, I loved it. That, that was so impressive to me. And I, I, we all very much appreciate that. Where were you on Matt Veerling day? Where were you when Matt Veerling turned in to Superman? Where were you type of performance? Absolute beauty. Um, I think that's really all I got. This was stressful. And again, I'm sorry. I know in the second half of the show, especially, I feel like I was breathing really heavy. I'm really not feeling well at all. But the show goes on, and I wasn't going to not record after the first game of the season. So here we are, baby. Oh, man. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Listen to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball 
wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty. I appreciate you all for tuning in. We're not going to go 0-162. Um, we have two very good pitchers on the bump against the Tigers the next two outings. Uh, we're going Matt Manning tomorrow and then Eduardo on Wednesday. So that's us. And then they're going uh, Framber and who are they going? Oh, they're going – okay, yeah, they're going Valdez and Javier. So there you go. Yeah, Christian Javier and, and, and Framber Valdez. So – Two of the better pitchers in the American League are your next two outings. Um, we don't have to deal with the funky windup anymore because that's illegal. So we'll get to see that in action. Uh, first, first team to face the the new the new windup from from uh, from him. But it's a tall task. Those are two really good pitchers and still a really good bullpen, even though you were able to take advantage tonight. So let's have some good approaches. Let's work counts. Let's draw some walks. Timely hitting. Clutch hitting. Not just getting hits with only two outs, um, stringing good at bats together. The guy in front of you has a seven pitch AB. Maybe you take some pitches and go to a six or seven AB. Okay. And play good defense. Matt Manning's going to need it because that's a tall task pitching wise as well. All right. Let's try and steal a series in Houston. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I will catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.